thank you for joining the awesome marketing podcast your resource for helpful friendly guidance and inspiration for becoming a confident skilled and influential marketing professional i'm your host awesome magnuson and if you want to get your hands on all the latest insight from us join our lovely facebook group awesome marketing community no nonsense advice for marketers This session is brought to you by the IT Content Factory, the home of high-quality IT, business and technology content for lead generation. Hi there and welcome to this podcast session where we'll be talking about email marketing and how to create emails that generate leads and provide excellent return on investment. Uh, We'll be talking about email as a tactic, whether it's still a viable marketing method and if so, what we should be doing to make our emails get the results that we need. And joining me for this topic is Sarah Anderson, who is a conversion copywriter specializing in email and creating copy that builds relationships, engages the reader and motivates them to take action and actually push that buy now button, which is what we want. Um, She's created immensely successful email sequences that have generated impressive numbers of open rates and direct conversions. In other words, she's passionate about conversion copywriting and it shows when it comes to the results that she creates. And we'll be looking at some of those results in a moment. So Sarah, welcome to this podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I wanted to start off by talking about email as a method. Uh, And many of us, myself included, seem to be suffering sometimes from email fatigue these days as we get so many emails. Does this mean that email is no longer really as efficient as a marketing method as it used to be? Yeah, and I definitely get the email fatigue. I think we all are suffering from that because we get so many emails. Uh, But the interesting thing is that they have done studies and people are actually spending more time in their email um, than they used to. So Adobe Digital Insights did this study. uh, I think it's a 2016 study that found that people are actually checking email all the time. They're checking it when they're in bed. They're checking it while they're watching TV, while they're working out, while they're on vacation. And if you think about it with smartphones, your email is always in your pocket and you're probably checking it multiple times a day. I know I am guilty of doing that. I'm in my Same here. <laughs> every couple hours looking to see what's new. Uh, and so people are still spending a lot of time in their inbox uh, and even across generations like millennials actually spend more time in their email than any other group, according to this study. And they're also more receptive to marketing messages there. People in the, the same study have found that people prefer marketing offers via email rather than social media. So people are definitely looking there and they're looking for your emails and your offers in email. Uh, The other reason I like email as a marketing tool uh, as compared to some other things is that you own your email list. So you don't own Facebook, you don't own Pinterest, you don't own Instagram and they can change on you. You know, what used to work on Facebook doesn't work anymore. So it's harder to reach people than it used to be. But with email, it's kind of stay the same. I mean, we get a lot more emails, but you still show up when your message is sent. You don't have to get through some kind of algorithm to get in or pay to show up in someone's inbox. You're still getting in there. So email is definitely still viable. It's still one of the best ways to market and it still has one of the highest ROIs as far as marketing dollars, especially when compared to social media. That's so interesting, particularly um, when comparing that directly to social media, because I think a lot of people seem to have the impression that social is the way forward. That's the modern approach. And we forget that something is actually already working for for many of us. And um, we own, like you say, we own that platform or that channel of engagement. 
Um, so what if a business then doesn't really have an email marketing strategy as such in place? Maybe they're just doing a bit of Facebook, a bit of LinkedIn, but they want to really start doing email. Um, what do you suggest are the most important things that they should consider? Yeah. So before they start an email program, they should start to consider a larger strategy. Like, why are they doing it? What is the goal of the email program and what's it going to bring to their business? Because when they start there, that makes it a lot easier to measure their success. And that's another thing they can think about is how are they going to measure success? Is it by open rates? Is it by engagement? Is it by sales? Uh, and the other thing to consider would be how are you going to make this valuable to your subscribers? You know, how often are you going to email them? How are you going to make the emails something that's worth their time so that you're not just sending out more marketing messages that people don't want to read? You want to make your emails the emails that people want to click through and read. Uh, and another thing to consider when you're starting is how you're going to segment your list. Are you going to send stuff to everyone on your list? Are you going to do segments based on behavior, based on purchasing, based on location. There's a lot of different ways you can segment. Those are some major things to consider. You also want to think about the consistency of the program. And if you have the resources to keep keep up with it, you know, you might hear, oh, daily emails work really well. But if you don't have the resources to email every day or even every week, you know, you need to think about how often you're going to email and how you can keep up with that. Because consistency is a big factor with being successful with email marketing is can you show up regularly? Can you uh, provide value regularly and can you, you know, become a fixture in your subscribers inbox so that they are looking forward to your emails, not thinking like, who is this? I don't remember signing up for this. Yes, definitely. I think we're all, well, many of us are guilty of having grand plans in the beginning and we want to send emails every week or every month. And then we, we realize that we don't have the time or it fizzles out after a while. So it's important to figure out what's reasonable and realistic and what can you expect to actually stick with? So that's really interesting. But um, so when it comes to tools and working with platforms, tools and data, there are so many email marketing and automation platforms out there to choose from. So when someone's choosing an email marketing system, what, in your opinion, are the functions that a business should never compromise on? What are the, the most important things to look for? Yeah, you definitely need automation and segmentation. Those are things that you don't want to compromise on because you want to be able to track and segment based on your subscriber behavior. So if someone clicks this link in your email, you want to tag them as interested and then you can follow up with them and then not follow up with the people who didn't click that. So that's kind of a segmenting uh tool that you want to look for in any platform. And a lot of them have it, but some of them make it more difficult than others. So that's something you want to look at as far as ease of doing this stuff too. Uh, you'll also want automation so you can send out nurture sequences, follow-up emails, emails after someone purchases, uh, all of those kind of automation things. And that, again, too, is looking for one that makes it easy for you because some of them aren't as easy to use. They're a little bit not so user-friendly. Uh, and then a bonus, too, is if it can integrate with your sales software so you can tag customers and exclude them from future promotions of things they've already bought or you can follow up with people, you know, with offers related to what they've bought. So if you can find one that will integrate and a lot of them, you can look at their integrations page and see, you know, does this integrate with the software we're already using? Because that'll make your life a lot easier if it's already going to integrate with stuff you have in your business than trying to kind of hack together a solution. Oh, yeah, totally agree on that one. And if anybody listening now, if you're thinking, I don't even know where to begin, we're going to have some conversations in the Facebook group about how to choose email marketing software and get some recommendations as well. But if a business then has completely cold 
data, for example, something that they'd never really communicated with before, a set of prospects that are unfamiliar with you and your brand. What, what do you suggest is the best way to start engaging with them? Is cold email ever a good option or is it better to do some phone connection or something else with them first? Yeah, so if you have a list of contacts, of, or of contacts that haven't uh, told you they want to hear from you, that haven't opted into your emails, uh, I would not recommend you doing a mass email to them because cold emails is more of a one-to-one -one thing. If you email them individually, that's one thing. But if you're sending out a mass email to that many people that haven't said, I want to hear from you, that's considered spam. And it's mm -hmm. definitely going to hurt your sending rep reputation. So if you have people that don't know you, haven't heard from you, haven't said, I want to hear from you, you could do a cold email, or if you have a chance to do a phone connection, if that's how your business works, that might be a better way to kind of get on their radar and then let them know, hey, if you're interested in this, you know, whatever your free lead magnet is, you know, we can mm -hmm. sign you up here if you're interested. But if you have a list that of people who have opted in, but you never communicate it with, that's a different thing. You can use your email service then to kind of send them a re-engagement sequence to warm them up and mm -hmm. let them know why they're getting your emails, what they can expect and how they can unsubscribe if they don't want to hear from you. Cause that's something you want to let people know how to get off your list because mm -hmm. you don't want them marking you as spam. You'd like just, just have them remove themselves. Exactly. Yeah. I think a lot of companies are in the process of doing this now in preparation for the GDPR, the European uh, data yeah. protection legislation coming into to fourth in May. Uh, we see a lot of businesses now worried about their existing customers may not actually have signed up to be on their email marketing list. But how do you suggest re-engaging then? How do you suggest dealing with existing contacts to get them to actively subscribe if they haven't done so before? Right. So this is going to be a lot easier if you have a warm list that you have emailed regularly. But if you have a cold list, you can do this too. So what you'll want to do is, again, send a kind of a re-engagement sequence to tell them what they're getting from your emails, you know, how they signed up and how they and ask them to reconfirm by telling them what they're going to get if they stay on the list. Uh, you can also take the approach of saying, you know, we won't send any more emails unless you, you know, reconfirm in this one and tell them how to continue receiving their emails, you know, let them know, click this link to get, you know, to continue hearing from us. And I think, you know, a great way to do it is just be being transparent and share that you're doing it to be compliant, you're doing it to be proactive, and that you take their data protection seriously, because that's really going to help you earn the trust of your list so that they're not going to think like, oh, they're trying to sneak me in on something like, no, you want to be really open that we're doing this, we're, you're, we're trying to follow the rules, and we want to let you know how you can hear from us. Perfect. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's really vital to tell people why they should be on your list. What is in it for them? What are they going to get out of it? I think that's that's an important point because a lot of companies just kind of say, do you want to keep hearing from us? Tick the box rather than saying this is the value that you're going to get from being on our list. So it's an opportunity to sell what the benefits are. Exactly. Yeah. Tell them what they get from it, because it's not like they don't want to just hear updates about you. Like, what does it bring to their life to hear updates? Like, are you sending useful information that's going to help them in their life? Are you sending discounts that will help them, you know, if mm -hmm. they want to engage with your company in some way? You know, you don't have to send discounts, but you have to think of what someone would get out of reading your emails. And if that's something that's hard for you, then that's maybe a time to look at your email strategy and see how can I make these more beneficial to the people that are hearing from me. Even survey them and ask, what do you like about our emails? If you have no idea, you can find out from your subscribers what mm -hmm. they find the most valuable. 
Yeah. And if you're struggling to find those those benefits, that's where copywriters come in, right? Exactly. <laughs> <To help. Yeah. laughs> Definitely. Great. So once a business then has decided to start doing emails, should they be looking at doing one short campaign blast at a time? Should they be doing a, a long series of emails where they nurture their leads over time? What approach do you do you think is is better or does it vary completely? You know, I think that they should be looking at doing both because you know, one campaign blast at a time doesn't really help with the long-term relationship of your list unless that is what you're going to do it week after week after week. But what I like to do for businesses, especially when they're just getting started with email, is start with a nurture sequence uh, and then add in the email blasts later in. So you can start with like a welcome type sequence or a nurture sequence that runs over weeks or even a couple months uh, that is sending stuff out regularly for you, even if you're not really doing these regular emails so that people are hearing from you. And when they first subscribe, they're hearing from you right away. Um, and people actually expect a welcome email. Usually there's like stat out there. It's like 70% of people expect to get a welcome email when they sign up and they have higher open rates. So that's a good place to start is with a welcome and nurture sequence that introduces new subscribers to your brand helps them learn what you're there to do and can build that engagement and relationship over time. And then you can build in those email blasts as you kind of get that part under control and that's running on its own. That's one of the things that you kind of can set it up and let it run. And then you can move your attention to doing campaign type emails. But you, in your experience, a lot of companies don't necessarily have a welcome email. You know, or they do and it's just like the bare minimum. It's like, it's almost just like the template from their email or it's just a welcome email and then you never hear from them again. And then it's a couple months later and they're like, Hey, we have this new thing. Do you want to buy it? It's like, no, like, I don't remember (laughs) you. So it's just, there's so many missed opportunities for nurturing people from the beginning because that's when people are the most excited about your brand is when they first learn about you. So it's, it's so much value to put that in to place and then work on doing these regular type emails because they're both important but if people do if you had nothing set up i would say look at doing a welcome sequence first because then if you miss a week or two on your email like your welcome sequence is still going out to your new subscribers so you're not just leaving all those people out in the cold like forgotten great okay so what about the traditional newsletter does that still have a place in modern email marketing in your view and I'm guessing with the traditional newsletter, you're, you're talking about the one that has like lots of photos and links to a bunch of things. Is that kind of what? Yeah. Well, so the pro- there's a couple of problems with that style newsletter. Um, one of the things is that they're really big and they don't always load correctly with all those uh, pictures and things. And sometimes that can keep them from getting delivered because they don't get through the spam filters. Like the larger your email is, the more links and stuff, the more it can trigger those filters to keep it out of the inbox. There's still a lot of people doing them, but there does seem to be more people moving towards the simple, cleaner style emails, uh, which is what I'm seeing a lot of. The reason I don't particularly like the newsletter, the old style ones, is that it's just a lot of stuff for your subscribers to look at. Like if you want them to take action on one thing, you don't want to give them five things to look at. You want to make it really focused on that action that you want people to take rather than being like, oh, here's this update from our business and here's like five things we posted on our blog and here's this new service we want you to check out. Like they might not get to that last link that you want them to see. So there are people still doing it, but I like to keep emails focused on the one action, the one 
subject I want them to mm. look at the most, the thing that's most important. Yes, that's the key to conversion as well, right? Because you're exactly you're you're making it easy for people to do what you want them to do and and go in the direction that you want them to go. And making it really clear what is the next step, because if they have so many options, they might not know what is the most important thing for me to do next. Cool. So you've had amazing success with your email campaigns. You've improved open rates for one client by 15%. Uh, you've created a launch sequence for one client that gave them 13 times return on investment. Um, what would you say are the most important ingredients for successful open rates and conversions like these? So for open rates, you really want to look at your subject lines because I see a lot of people that just kind of, they, it seems like they're just sort of phoning it in with the subject line. They're not really thinking about what would make someone want to open this email. So with subject lines, stuff that works really well with them would be curiosity-based subject lines, you know, asking a question or kind of teasing something that's in the email that they only can find out once they open it. Uh, and also giving a benefit-driven subject line, like telling them what's in the email, what do they get out of reading it, and giving them a reason to actually click through and open it. Uh, the other thing that works really well in email is having a personality. That is the, the client that had a 15% increase in her open rate. She had been following a, like a template from another coach, and it just kind of didn't feel like her. And so when we worked on her emails, we worked on infusing her personality into her emails. And that's something that even in B2B, you are still talking to a person. You're one person talking to one person. You don't need to write it like you're the, the huge company. Even if it comes from the company, write it like a person would talk to another person and really show that human element in your emails. That's how you get that relationship growing is acting like a person and, you know, emailing <laughs> like a person. Yes, I do that myself. I'm much more prone to open an email or read uh, and engage with somebody who is a, a real person. Having a face to the brand, I think, is incredibly important because we, we look for engagement with other people. We look to find someone who understands us and who actually seems a bit similar to us, perhaps, and somebody who has a, a real authentic personality. So I think that's spot on with having the personal voice come through. It's great to hear that that's actually, uh, it shows in your results as well, that it's, um, it's, it's something that's actually really successful. So when it comes to open rates, then that's always a, a bit of a hot topic when it comes to talking about email. What do you suggest is an acceptable op uh, open rate for emails? And what do you what do you do if your open rates fall below that threshold? Yeah, so open rates are a really hot topic and they can vary so much by, you know, industry, by your list size, by the deliverability of your emails. If you have really bad sending reputation, you're not going to get very many delivered and so your open rates are going to suffer from that too. But just to give kind of a benchmark, MailChimp has this really great study that they studied like thousands of newsletters from a bunch of different industries. And they found the average open rate is between like 20 to 25% across all these different industries. And you can look it up there um, and see where your industry falls in it if you're on the lower end or the higher end of that. But that's a good kind of rule of thumb to look at, you know, am I getting between 20 and 25% open rate? And if you're not, there are definitely a lot of things you can do to work on raising that. Um, you can clean your list. That is a major thing. You can scrub your list of people that haven't opened your emails. I usually recommend to clients to do it two to four times a year. You can do it like 
once a year if you want, but if no one's opened your emails in three to six months, they're probably not going to open your emails. Mm-hmm. So you can um, you can send them a, a few emails before you uh, unsubscribe them to make sure, you know, hey, do you want to hear from us? But usually that's a, a great way to raise your open rates because you're going to just cut your list. And so your open rates will go up automatically. That's interesting because some of the people that I speak to seem to want to really hold on to their subscribers once they're on the list. They don't really want to let them go. They want to sort of have as big a list as possible and to them it might seem counterintuitive to brush people out just because they're not opening emails but what you're saying here is that we can massively improve engagement with those who are on the list by making sure that we're only speaking to people who are actually interested who are engaging who are opening the messages and hopefully taking action from them. Yeah, I think of list size sort of as a vanity number. People do get really attached to it, but it's like, would you rather have a 10% open rate or a 50% open rate? It's having a smaller list, but it's people that are actually interested in hearing from you. And that's, you don't have to do it as often as I suggest, but even just once a year, like look at who's on this list. Like, have they opened it in the last year? You know, that email might not be valid anymore, or they might have moved on and they're not interested anymore. So it's like, is it really worth talking to them anymore? They're not actually a prospect. They are um, yes. not interested. Yeah. And, and a lot can happen in three months or six months, mm-hmm. right? People move jobs or they maybe lose an email and start using a different one. And it doesn't mean uh, the person is doesn't fit the profile, but the, the contact data might be out of date and, and incorrect. It's coming to the forefront of a lot of companies' minds now with GDPR and a lot of companies are doing data cleansing as part of becoming compliant. And through that process, they also get rid of a lot of data where people haven't opted in properly. And it can be a a tough thing to, to drop your list numbers from thousands, maybe down to just a few hundred. And it can be almost like a a shock to the system that suddenly you have a much smaller audience. But as marketers, we have to always look at the engagement. We have to look at the return on that data. And if those people are a better fit in terms of they, our message resonates better with them. They're more engaged. They're more, they're happy to hear from us. They're interested. That's what we want. So it's better to have a smaller list that is more engaged than a bigger list where people are just not listening anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing that I see some marketers do is they try and make it difficult for people to unsubscribe, um, which is something that I would recommend for your open rates to make it really clear how people can unsubscribe. Because if they can't find that unsubscribe link, they might just mark you as spam, which is a lot worse for you than losing a couple subscribers that mm-hmm. aren't interested. Yeah, I was just I just saw this thing the other day. It's like dark patterns and people will like make the unsubscribe link in the footer of their email, like almost the same color as the body text. So they can't really find it very easily. So it's there, so they're compliant, but they're making it really difficult as a user to actually find that and say, okay, I'm not interested anymore. Um, And I think it's just, they want to hold on to people, but it's like, why hold on to someone who doesn't want to hear from you? (laughs) All right. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing your insight and giving us some useful tips and guidance there. And this has been a really interesting one, I think uh, very topical for many of the marketing community members listening. So if you're listening right now, thinking that you want to get access to some of that email marketing action and see some great results, send an email to myself at also at the itcontentfactory.com. There's a link in the description further down this page. And we'll talk about what you need and how we can work together to make some magic happen. 
thank you so much for tuning in and uh, thank you so much, Sarah, for your time and for your knowledge. It's been great having you. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a great conversation. Absolutely. And uh, I look forward to hanging out with you and the rest of the members in the Facebook group, the Awesome Marketing Community. Until next time, be awesome. Mm -hmm.